Welcome to Folding Chair Theology. We're your hosts, Justin Mercier and Bruce Pagano, and this is Theology for Everyone. All right, welcome back to Folding Chair Theology. We're your hosts, Justin Mercier here and Bruce Pagano. Hey, what's up? Hey, and we are back. Um, this is our, is this the second episode in this season? Or episode is this two, the first? season six. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, yeah. so today we are, um, we wanted to start by talking about what is, like, we, you hear this term Christian nationalism, Christian so, nationalism coming up. So, man, you're jumping right into it. Are we getting right into the discussion? Oh, We're not going to do I'm just talking about what, oh. oh, I'm just talking about what the topic is today. That's all. Oh, you should wait because we usually wait. Like we usually have our banter and like what we're drinking and then, and then we get into it, but I'm like you're going right. right into it. <laughs> I'm like, no, no. I thought uh, we had a process here. I thought we had a system. Yeah, totally. You know, it must be the, you know, the excessive heat advisories that we've been having. <laughs> um, In September. It's, seriously. It's driving me nuts. Like it's, you know, it's September 5th. Um, pumpkin spice is back like you know things like but like we're still having 100 degree weather days that doesn't make sense to me right yeah, yeah it doesn't yeah. make sense to me and i think everyone is in the same boat as far as i understand yeah it's really um you know it's, it's the it's so interesting the theories out there right because what you hear a lot is oh global warming here it is you know and then other times like scientists are like no, it just has to do with the weather patterns this year or changed from year over year. And we just happen to be in that like high pressure system with a low pressure system going over us. And, you know, and like, I'm like, I don't know. It's just hot. And I hate right. all I know is it's hot. I don't like it. No, I do not like it. Especially like this air conditioner we have in our room. It has been at 60 degrees at high nonstop for a month or two now this like i'm going working overtime it is for sure <laughs> like I, I i fully expect either to die or catch on fire here soon <laughs> but like um i i feel really bad as soon as it gets to like the high is like 70 degrees or something like that, you know mm-hmm. um then i'll take it out of the window and and uh, dust it off and leave it in the garage until next season yeah yeah um i remember when i had to do that lived in for, a number of houses rough. without ac it's rough man it's rough but you know we we're doing it we're here on a mission you know we're just here on like a, a two-year mission just to like you know get get some stuff done in our personal lives to move forward in life so we just know that in two years from now when we finally get central ac in the next place that we get someday it'll be like oh man what was life like without this you know <laughs> right yeah yep yeah so, so cool um, so you're drinking water because i'm drinking water yeah i so i didn't have any tonic left for my gin and i was like well, i don't want gin by itself so then i put like a little bit of whiskey in it and that was about it yeah it just tasted horrible so <laughs> so i gave up on that real quick i mean whiskey's a good replacement for a lot of things tonic i'm not sure is one of them is that so, horrible? Like, oh, I need a tonic water. There's a whiskey in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can just put, like, water water in it? Yeah, maybe. But, you know, I Wouldn't have... Wouldn't the same. 
squeeze a, a lime? Specific... You have a lime or a lemon? Um, I think we have one of those like containers that you just like have in your fridge for your whole life. Yeah. 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 So your um, 13 year old kid licks the top of it and you're just like, what, what are you doing? Oh, you no, have to use no. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, so we're, so I'm just drinking water right now. Um, and then, uh, you know, that's it for now. I'm going to go get another bottle here soon of, uh, Pendleton. That was really good. I enjoyed that. Or Woodford. Do you see that thing I sent you for Woodford? I feel like, like yes. Cool, there was like a cool drink that this guy was making with Woodford. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was like, that looks good. Yeah. Um, I'm just drinking Woodford. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Anything new? To... Let's see. I've got one, two. So I've got about two weekends left until my competition. That's right. So today was, man, today was rough. It was really good. Um, actually, I have this really cool picture I'll show you. I don't know if it's um, uh, too graphic or not. Um, I don't know. Can you can you see see this? Yeah. Well, it's, like, it's blurring out, but is sorry, that a, knee, a knee injury? Yeah. Sorry. It's like, maybe if I put my face there. Uh, Barely. Anyway. Um, but, uh, so today was, so I have a dead, a deadlift medley that I have to do. So it's three reps on an axle deadlift and an additional three reps on a normal deadlift. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot, excuse me, a lot of people are underestimating this lift. I see guys who are like just practicing deadlifts, just practicing axle, but they're not doing the same and they're not doing reps back to back. And but I am like I'm practicing it as I'm going to be competing it. That's kind of always been my mindset is practice it like you're going to compete it. And and the thing is that I've got some friends in the gym now who are helping me with that. So they mm. give me a a competitor ready, go, and then they give me an up command, a down command. You know, I have to lock out every rep, things like that. What's um, the difference between a, a, deadlift, of, a regular deadlift and an axle deadlift? The bar so, that you're using or what? Yeah. So the, the axle bar is like this. It's about this big. Oh, gotcha. So when you're pulling it, it's not like a normal bar where you can, you know, you could do. Wrap your you hands know, around it. Uh-huh. Um, now, I, I, I have straps that I use, which you're allowed to have that in this competition. Um, it just, it's just, um, it's just different. Like, it's just the way that it pulls. So like an axle bar. An axle bar is stiff, so it is like it doesn't move when you lift it. But then, like a normal bar, it'll have a slight bend, bend. to it. Yeah, and I always like, look at those and I'm like, they're gonna snap. It's gonna snap. It's gonna snap. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, so today I had 300 pounds on the axle for three reps, and then 345 on the normal deadlift mm. for three reps. And so that's like um over a thousand pounds lifted you know within a minute you know what i'm saying so that's uh if i were to do yeah 300 times three that's that's um 900 pounds right and then yeah. you add the let's say i did 345 so that's 1935 pounds lifted in 30 seconds Probably I did it 30 seconds, 45 that's seconds. That's insane. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, it, that's a lot to take in. Like, and the thing is, I'm not even at my my competition weight yet. 
So my competition weight is 350 on the axle and 405 on the deadlift bar. And that's three reps and three reps. Yeah. So when I was pulling that last deadlift, I mean, I was scraping it all along my leg. And then right when it gets to your knees, you kind of start scraping it up your, um, you know, your quads. Um, and that turn is just really rough because that's all bone right there for your knee. Yeah. And so, yeah, it cut me up pretty good. And you just endure it. You just go yep. through it and you're just like, that's it. It's interesting because the price you have to pay. It om- yeah, exactly. Well, it's almost, it's interesting because it's like the pain of it scraping along my leg kind of took away from the pain of it, like just being really heavy and struggling through it in a way. So like it, you kind of have to, you can't really focus on both pains, you know? Right. Like your brain yeah. can't split that or has to, like you can't split that. Exactly. You have to so focus it's on one or the other. You know, for me, it was like, I'm getting this up and yeah, that hurts right now that I'm scraping this across my knee, but like, I just have to get it past my knee. And then once I get past my knee, then I have a much better chance of actually. Then I just have to get it past my thighs. and then (laughs) Yeah. And then you just have to lock it out. Yeah, exactly. So. Oh man, that's insane. That's crazy. I don't have anything that serious. So, well, I mean, I guess I do mental health. That's a little serious, but nobody scrapes my knees. (laughs) right yeah exactly but uh what would you do if one of your clients attacked you (laughs) protect myself as best as possible are we talking like hand-to-hand or like with a weapon um i would think that most of your people probably wouldn't have a weapon but like we live in idaho justin what are you talking uh, about well yeah i know but the likelihood that you would have a weapon too i guess is what they have to factor in no yeah i don't know yeah, yeah i mean yeah 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 i totally have guns yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what do you do in this way? Like, I would just protect like... myself and then I'd report it. Like, depending on the circumstances, like, I might not report it. Just depends yeah. on, like, what it was and what their intent was and what was going on. And they're just yeah. like, you don't understand, Bruce, they get you right in your face. Do you just, like, do you try to leave the room or do you just like push them away? Like, yeah, I would, I would leave the room. There's like the way that I set up the office is they can't get behind me where my chair is sitting. Um, there's nothing blocking the path to the door from where my chair is. Yeah. So, so I just get up and like, I might stay calm, you know, I mean, not might. I would stay calm and I would let them kind of, you know, say their piece. And I'd try and keep my voice low and kind of level and just be like, hey, this isn't okay. And you sit down. Um, yeah. Or you can leave. Like, if you need a break, you can leave. Um, and then if they insisted, I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to I'm gonna step out. Um, but I also have stuff in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have client records and stuff like that. So I couldn't just leave them in there unattended. So. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, yeah. I guess that's, yeah. They'd be like trying to rifle through stuff <laughs> i don't know like i don't know break yeah. my laptop you know whatever yeah right <laughs> i don't know it's i've never had anybody get that upset i have this thing that like when i went to wenatchee last oh that was the last weekend was that last weekend no yeah that was we already I already talked about that so oh yeah, yeah a yeah. couple weeks ago or a couple weekends ago i went to wenatchee and um we were checking in the hotel and you know i was just being polite and said hi to the lady and we were talking and this younger girl that was 
young woman that was going to like just starting college and was kind of trying to pursue, but like she just starts like vomiting her life out, like blah, 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 blah. And I'm doing this and this happened and blah, blah. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like, and I'm just engaging her in a conversation. She's like, what do you do? I was like, oh, I'm a mental health counselor. Like I'm a therapist. Um, and yeah. she was like, yeah, it makes sense because I just like felt like I just needed to tell you everything. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I get that. Like, like, and I think I've taught, said it before, like, like not patting myself on the back or anything, but I've like met people and they were like, Hey, we should grab coffee. And then we grab coffee and they're just like, I need to tell you my whole life. Like, I need to tell you this thing that I did. I need to confess it to my wife. I don't know how to. And I'm just like, Oh man, we just met. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. So call it, you know, gifting the Holy spirit, you know, whatever. But there's just this, like, um, since we're a super spiritual podcast, I'm going to say there's this anointing on my life <laughs> where people just want to tell me stuff. So I think people, um, I actually had a client today bring his, um, his partner in and, um, his partner was just like, well, here's everything. Like, I'm going to be real candid with you and just tell you everything. Super personal stuff. Never met him before. And it was just like, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's wow. helpful. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah. Anointed huh. by the hand of God to receive stuff. So I think that they would, I've not had anybody get really upset with me. Yeah. Um, I have people at not, not in the office. I have, pe- I have had people get upset and leave the session. Like, um, I'm just done. I need a break. And I was like, okay. Um, but you, but only once was it with me. Um, usually it's with like their partner or, you know, whatever. And then the one time that it was like straight up me, I said something that pissed them off. They came back the next week and I was like, Hey, can we talk about last week? You know, cause you went out pretty quick and it was, we were talking about this. So like my assumption was this, but excuse me and he was like nope your assumption was wrong it was absolutely what you said um and i still stand by what i said but like i was like oh okay well i appreciate that and like i'm really sorry i'll take responsibility for that um you know my intention wasn't that but here's what i meant um well i think i was like can i clarify what i meant or do you does it not matter and he was like no go ahead and clarify what you meant like i'm over it now i was like okay and i did and then they didn't come back. Like, I think I saw the couple three or four more times and they didn't come back anymore. So really, yeah, but it's about the work that you want to do. And like, and I'm not saying that I'm like, maybe I just wasn't a fit for them. So, but yeah, I certainly pissed them off. It's interesting. Cause like, yeah, it's like sometimes like with counselors, it's like one you mess really well with. And then one you're just like, mm, no, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I met with one lady I remember, and um, she like didn't even let me tell my story or even let me get into even why I wanted to see her. She was so caught up in like so much other minutia stuff that like I left there and was like I didn't get to talk about myself or what I'm going through. She talked about herself and all the methods that she uses, and then like didn't even ask me why I even wanted to see counseling, like. You know, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the first question usually. Yeah, she was like, "Hi, I'm so and so, and this is where I got my degree, and I love cats, and blah blah." blah you know, and like, 
And then it was like, and I love using this method. And here's what this method is so important and blah, blah, you know, that sort of thing. And, um, and I, I was like, okay. She's like, so next session, we'll talk about the next steps in your journey. I'm like, the journey that you don't know about? Like, right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it was, yeah, very interesting. I, I, I do wish that like, um, um, counseling would be a little bit more uh, available, but like, you know, without having to go through insurance and that sort of thing in a way, you know, what do you mean? Like, I don't know. Like it's one of those things where like, I would love to be able to, because like for my work, for instance, I think they're like, Hey, you get six free sessions and then it's like, you know, whatever it is, hundred bucks an hour, you know, whatever it right. is. And I'm just like, uh, it'd be kind of nice to be like, Hey, our company just provides free counseling any counselor you want to go to that's, you know, within network or whatever, you know, is free for you, you know, go as long right. as you need to, you know? Yeah. But then they would have to pay for that. Cause that's the thing. Like I've had people be like, you know, say like, I wish mental health was more accessible. Yeah, me too. But that would take nationalized healthcare. Um, yeah. But you don't want that. You just want a master's level profession right. to be free. And I have to pay bills. And I have to pay right. student loans back, but also you don't want me to receive student loan aid. That's a whole nother conversation, but like you want it to be accessible, but you don't want me to get paid for it. And I have to have a master's degree right. to, to do this and be licensed by the state and not just a master's degree. I have to pay for supervision. Like I have to pay for someone to supervise my hours. So in order to make sure that I get the, uh, enough hours and that they're recognized by a supervisor in the state of Idaho. I have to pay someone to supervise my hours. So, yeah, right. So like, right. I, but even like the EAP that you're talking about, that employee assistance program, um, right. I'm, I'm probably not ever going to try and like panel with the employee assistance programs because the, like typically you have to agree to accepting like 40 or $50 a session maybe 60 if you're lucky and my rate's 105 actually i'm going to increase my rate because i haven't in three years and the inflation i mean like things yeah. cost more and so how am i supposed to live if my services are free right um and so like i know that it like i know it's not i, I work with the sliding scale because i want to be accessible to people that don't have insurance or that can't afford um but at the end of the day, like I, this, like I don't have just an associate's degree and I'm 22 out of high school or out of college. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, right. that's not what's happening here. It's I'm an adult man with adult man response. Not that a 22 year old is not an adult man, but yeah. like I have children and I have a home and I have a wife and I have bills and I have responsibilities. Um, and I have a master's degree with student loan debt. Like, right. So, I mean, I wish it was accessible too, but we don't want nationalized healthcare. We don't want to pay off student loan for, you know, we don't want to do student loan forgiveness. Um, I, you know, insurance companies don't like, for example, I'll charge $135 for um, an hour session with a couple to do a couples counseling. That's two people that I have to work with in an hour and insurance reimburses me like 90 bucks. So I have to write off $45. Right. 
So yeah, I have to write off just forty five dollars. Um, and I have my own practice, which means that I have rent and I have overhead costs and I have insurance that I have to pay. You know, what I'm saying like I have malpractice yeah. insurance because there's nothing that protects me. Like the licensing board is for the client to be able to make a complaint and for them to hold me accountable. And that's, I think we've talked about that, but like, that's my problem with pastoral counseling is there's not that like, you don't have to be licensed to do it. And there's nobody to hold you accountable. If you mess somebody up, you complain to the church and then the church says, yeah, we'll take care of it. And then maybe they take care of it. Maybe they agree with the person. Like maybe they don't. So anyway, tangent doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, well, and that kind of all ties in, you know, when we talk about like that and and um, the student. Uh, one thing I heard about the student loan thing, by the way, is that like if you were paying student loans from March 2020 to now, you can you can call to get those reimbursed. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. But I mean, it's been on freeze. So like if you've been making those payments, it was. Yeah. OK. Uh, yeah. Because people are like they're like. I've been paying since the freeze every month to pay down, you know, blah, blah, blah. And now you're just, just going to get $10,000, you know, free or whatever. Right. And they're saying, well, then call them, get your money refunded, and then take the $10,000 grant. And then, boom, you just got your money and that paid back. Yeah. Cool. Do it. I didn't. I just accepted the freeze. and. Yeah. Although I saw, I need to figure out how to apply for this whole student loan forgiveness. You just have to go under your student aid.gov website and make sure that your contact information is up to date and then go into your settings and select that you want to be text texted and emailed and then in october when they make applications available um they will you will um they'll text you and email you and then you just use the link oh perfect okay which i think all that all that's in there already but you know i went in i went on and made sure today that yeah yeah that's what i'm gonna do we're a couple of the uh you know you know dance theory majors that are playing video games in our parents basement that are right sucking off the tea to the government there you go (laughs) yeah well and speaking of the government so uh christian nationalism So good segue. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, all right. So I think that this term Christian nationalism has been it's really interesting because a lot of people who are going through a deconstruction process or 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 being part of the movement of um I mean it's a deconstruction movement, but it's just a movement of, of kind of having open eyes. I would say that it's not even a movement, but I would say people are going through a deconstruction process in and of themselves and they are finding people that are going through the same process or a similar process. Um, and the only reason I wouldn't say it's necessarily a movement is because it doesn't move in the same direction and it doesn't land in the same place. And it's a really a blanket term for a lot of different things. Cause someone deconstructing yeah. could end up leaving the church and the faith and altogether someone else could deconstruct their way into a tr- traditional, um, you know, Christian tradition, uh, a more like tr- traditional based like Catholicism or, or Eastern Orthodox or something like that. Someone can just move into this space where they're like, I'm just going to be an ex evangelical, not 
give myself to the evangelical movement or whatever identifying marker, but I'm still going to follow Jesus and I'm going to go to a Presbyterian church or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So that's like, I wouldn't say it's a movement in general, um, the same way that we're going to talk about Christian nationalism as a movement. Um, Right. So. And so I think a lot of people are like, they've heard the term Christian nationalism and they, and it's really interesting because even the Christian nationalists themselves don't necessarily identify as Christian nationalism, but they do identify with the spirit and the tenants of it. The tenants of, of it. So this and is more the... more and more though are coming out <laughs> and just straight up saying, I'm a Christian nationalist, you should be proud of that. Like, yeah, have exactly. You, have you heard like just politicians and um yeah. Uh, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene came out and said that she's straight up Christian nationalist. Doug mm-hmm. Wilson, Doug Wilson, I think. Uh, don't quote me on that specifically, but I think Doug Wilson is a pastor. Greg Locke certainly gives that impression if he hasn't yeah. said it outright. Yeah, so a lot. Yeah, I've seen a lot of it, and you know, and unfortunately, a lot of my you know friends on Instagram and stuff, they're like, you know, look at you know they so they had I think it was in Florida they had the Trump and Biden both did. Um, oh, uh, what, what's it called? Um, rallies, 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 and and it was like within the same twenty four hour period or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And you know the 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 Christian nationalists showed the video of this packed stadium of Trump and the flags and the Trump MAGA hats and all that kind of stuff, and it was packed. And yeah. then for Biden, it was like three hundred people or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. And they're just like, see, look who the real president is, you know, things like that. And it's just like, and that's so asinine. Like, that's so ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. just because he's more popular than, which, I mean, Biden's ratings going up lately, but just because more people showed up in a in Florida to see Trump than they did Biden, that doesn't make him the president. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. So, um. So, anyway, so Christian nationalism, the, the definition here online says it's a Christianity-affiliated re- religious group. Christian nationalists primary focus on internal politics, such as passing laws that reflect their view of Christianity and its role in political and social life. Um, Where did you find that definition? Um, this is, I just Googled it. I was like, what is Christian nationalism? Hmm. And that's what came up. Um, and it says, uh, let's see here. So Christian nationalism used religion as a, a useful resource, um, for national leaders. Um, it's a source of, it's a power source of identity and it can unify groups by creating loyalty to a religious movement and national leaders to draw religion and create a cohesive public body is that's the second definition that it says there. Hmm. So, um, in essence, it's it's Christians who are like, look, it's our place as Christians to get involved in politics and government because this is this country was founded on Christian values, which we know is not true. So, um, did you read? So yeah. Did you read real quick? Did you read um, Christian the definition from? Um, that website 
um, Christians Against Christian Nationalism? Uh, Was that one of the places you read it from? I don't know. I don't know Here, if I read let, that one. Let me read this from Christians Against Christian Nationalism. Okay. This is their definition that they use. Christian nationalism is a cultural framework that I, idealizes um, and advocates a fusion of Christianity with American civil life. Christian nationalism contends that America has been and should always have should always be distinctly Christian from the top to the bottom in its self-identity, interpretations of its own history, sacred symbols, cherished values, and public policies, and it aims to keep it that way. But the Christian in Christian nationalism is more about identity than religion. It carries with the assumptions about nativism, white supremacy, authoritarianism, patriarchy, and military militarism. Yeah. So. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, and, and it's, um, yeah, it's very interesting because it's like, it's that same, it's within that same realm of like when people say, well, our, our country was founded on Christian values. I'm like, no, it wasn't like, right. um, especially when you talk about slavery, like it's uh, like, I don't see how Jesus brought that as one of the tenets of the Christian faith, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, owning, owning people and that sort of thing. I'm like, I just, that alone is only the one, one aspect of it. But, um, uh, but we, we, if you say, uh, if you say something that's wrong long enough, it becomes true. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like if you say our our country was founded on Christian ideals, it's like, and it wasn't though, but you keep saying that right. and it becomes and I, believable. I think that there are, um, there's, I mean, from the founders, like they did use, um, a Judeo-Christian ethic, like a, like a Christian ethic in the establishment of like as an underpinning for how they thought to form the government. Cause you can find quotes that like easily you could find quotes that, um, that suggest that where where they kind of outright say that there is an inherent um um benefit to like a Christian moral code within within a government. Um but like most of them were unaware of other religions in and of itself. You know what I'm saying? So like when you look at like yeah. Buddhism there yeah. are there are moral ethics that that are within Buddhism that are very resemblant of Christian moral ethics, um, and that are beneficial to to individual life and like collective life. Um, so, but they weren't what they were not trying to do was establish a Christian nation. They were escaping Christian authoritarianism under the crown for the purpose of free expression of religion. It, and and then and then came over and um and then started trying to convert people or murder them at some point um right but right. you know we're not allowed to talk about that um that history i think i think we're not permitted to i don't know it's one of those things where like every losing battle <laughs> has its own story as well you know right. we don't talk about that in school though you know yeah, and so um, you know, so yeah, really we were not established as a Christian nation, like is what you were saying. Like we are not established as a Christian nation. 
Right, but the lie the lie that it, like goes around is we we are and have always been a Christian nation. That's why right. God has always protected us. You know, that's why God has always, um, you know, uh, you know, prospered us. We have a land of prosper and many blah blah. And I'm like, I don't I don't understand how we're so prosperous. You know, was it forty something trillion dollars in debt mm. now or whatever it is? You know, it's yeah, like, like how is that prosperous? Like how's how's that even possible when you're that that far into debt? But um, debt, I guess on that scale, doesn't really mean much. I guess no. I don't know. Um, but even then, I um, mean, like like we've been at war. Like there's only been a handful of years where we've not actively been at war with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, and so. Um, one of the biggest things I think that we, I want to make sure that we kind of go through is, is why is Christian nationalism so dangerous to Christians and why the thinking of it really is flawed, right? That's the main thing is, because, you know, here's the thing is, I, I, I totally get the God, country, guns, freedom, American flag. Like, I get all that. Pledge Do you? Because I don't. Well, I do in a sense of like that's how I grew up, right? That's how I grew well, up. Well, I did too. I was in the military for twenty years. Like I mean like Yeah. But I still don't know how like like I know how it was sold. Um right. and it was sold like culturally you're a Christian because you grew up in America and you grew up in a Christian family. Um the guns and freedom connected to God. Um I never it, for me growing up, it was only connected to God via my conservative upbringing. Like that's how it was connected to God. A good conservative um, was a Christian who believed in God, um, but you also supported, um, you know, second amendment rights and, um, you know, but ironically, like when I was a child, when my dad was a child, actually, um, Catholics were mostly Democrat. Like any good Catholic was a Democrat. Um, like right. um, John Kennedy, like everybody loved John Kennedy and he was a Democrat and he was a Catholic. He was a good Catholic. Um, Jimmy Carter I was an that. evangelical Christian um, and he was a Democrat. He taught Sunday school and like I think until recently, like in his 90s, you know, dudes teaching sunday school so like mine was mine kind of revolved around like my conservatism and my parents upbringing and ronald reagan was the hero of heroes um but by and large we didn't grow up in a like my dad i don't remember my dad owning many guns like he had like maybe a 30 30 rifle because he thought it was cool um maybe a shotgun but like we didn't go hunting. We fished sometimes. He owned two guns. Um, we weren't overtly political. Like we didn't talk about politics often. Um, and until I joined the military and then once I joined the military, it was like rah, 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 like proud to be an American or at least I know I'm free. Right. Um, but I don't but you, understand how you get the feeling though. You get I, I, I get, I get, how they made the leap because of the conservatism. But like, I don't get, 
like how you continue to justify. Cause even when I was in the military, um, you know, there's a saying that's like, there's no atheists in the foxhole. Like everybody, everybody in the foxhole believes in God. Right. I don't think that's true because I've been deployed and, um, yeah. Some people are just like, Nope, it is what it is. Um, yeah. But like, I still don't, while I was in the military, I still like, I get the conservatism because like it was always good for us pay wise when there was a conservative in office, when there's a Republican in office, we got the best pay raises. They put the most, most money into the military. Um, gosh, I remember after nine 11, like we didn't even have to justify what we wanted to spend money on. They just gave us money, billions right. of dollars. We just spent it. Yeah. Um, I'm not even joking. Like we needed sunglasses because we we're going to deploy to Iraq. We bought 300 pairs of sunglasses and issued them to everybody. And they were nice ones. They were Ray-Bans and they were, you know, like Wiley X and they were, um, yeah. and so like, um, you know, everybody got a multi-tool and a, and a, you know, fast release pocket knife. And, yeah. um, and so I get the, conservatism this is like you can't work with guns and be and and be in the military and be a cop and be like a pacifist um and it just it's the environment you're in and you just get swallowed up in it and you say the pledge of allegiance well we didn't in the military we just you know national anthem played we salute but um but like inherent, like intrinsically it's a part of the culture, but it's not said out loud. You know what I'm saying? Like there's definitely right. more like Christian chaplains than there are any other kind of chaplain in the military. Um, right. But like, I didn't overtly attach them. Like my desire, this is where, this is where it falls apart for me is my desire to go to church was one cultural, but two, like I knew it'd be good for my kids and I had kids and I wanted them to have some sort of moral compass. And I was able to detach like God from guns. Um, and ironically it's the military and my, my traveling all over the world that kind of put me in a space where I started reconsidering when I got out of the military, I started reconsidering some things about the use of violence and guns and, um, and social, and racial issues and justice issues. And like, I started reconsidering all that stuff um, because I started becoming serious about what it meant to follow Jesus my last few years in the military. And yeah, anyway, I get what you're saying, but for me, I don't like, I'm like, how do you make the leap from good American to God guns? And what is it? God guns and country country you know i mean because the thing is like the way here's what i i see the american dream as in in my world here you know in idaho is you know you got your wife you got your kids you gotta keep those three in line right you gotta keep your house in line you gotta beat them you beat them you got your guns you got your flag you got your trunk you got your you go to church on sunday you know, like, you read your Bible, you know, you have a good job, and it's like, 
and that's the American dream. You know, it's like that's that's what it means to be a real American. You know, right. and and when you start questioning, what is what is what you're reading? What is it really saying? Well, it says you know, women need to be quiet in church and raise babies and cook at home. You know, and you're like, right. no, no, that's not. Well, it says wives submit to your husbands. That's what it says in the Bible, and it's like, yeah, but but when what if we challenge that thinking for a second? No, no, no. You can't challenge good old gospel, you know, like, and it's like, no, what we're saying is you're taking, you, you don't, you're not studying the gospel. You're listening to what your pastor is saying on stage and you are just reading it for its face value. But when you start taking into it, it has nothing to do with those things. Nope. Not my country. This is what it means. You know, like, and, and it's just like, there's a lack of maturity I think sure. is what it is. Um, which well, I, and it's and it's a, not just a lack of maturity. There is, but there's like a a need for power in that too. I was just listening to a podcast today. I can't remember which one it was. Maybe it was the Bible for normal people potentially. Um, but they were talking about how like biblical inerrancy is wrapped up in um, white supremacy, essentially. Like, right. um, in that, um, if if I come and say, hey. I was looking at this passage of scripture and I think that it means this interpretively contextually with the grain of text um, that the Bible says blah, blah, blah. And that's it um, is a way to end arguments. Like it's a way to like not have the argument anymore or not have the conversation. So you're just going to end the argument. So like when I come and say, Hey, what if, you know, what if um, submission in Ephesians five twenty two wife submit to your husbands doesn't mean what we think it means. And the response is going to be, nope, the Bible says wife submit to your husband and husbands love your wives. That's it. That, And it's a way to shut down the conversation because they don't want to have the conversation. And I think that that white supremacy is when it comes to like biblical inerrancy and like biblical interpretation, um, that's an underpinning of Christian nationalism where it's just like, that white supremacy is an underpinning of Christian nationalism and, um, and kind of gets us to this point where like it is, it is fully based in and on this idea of the great replacement, great replacement conspiracy theory, um, which has been mentioned on all over Fox news multiple times. Um, And it's this theory that posits that white people are being replaced by immigrants and Muslims and other people of color in their so-called like home countries, quote unquote home countries. Um, and that's from global extremism.org. Like they're like the, the whole premise though is, is that um, white people are being replaced at astounding numbers um, and soon they're going to be extinct. So we need to do something about it. And that right. is one of the main like projectors for, this Christian nationalism, even though they would say um, it's not about race, um, but it is because their desire for power puts them in bed with the Proud Boys who are known uh, like an identified terrorist group, domestic terrorist group. Um, the, th- the I think it's the three percenters, the 1619, the Oath Keepers, like, like all those groups, like are grounded in this misogynistic, xenophobic, um, white supremacist working. 
and Christian nationalism has bedded down with them in that space because a lot of them identify as Christians um, and, and they've married their missions together for power. It has nothing you saw to that do. Photo. Did you see that photo that they all took before the insurrection? There were a bunch of them. I'm not sure which one you're talking about specifically. So right before they went into that very first wave of the Metro, you know, PD or, or whatever it's called, um, they all stood and had a, a big picture with all of them, and they mm-hmm. were given the white uh, supremacy symbol. Did you see it? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The hand signal? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Which I had never, I had never, um, we always thought it was just like an okay symbol, but right. I had no idea that <laughs> that that's the same symbol that they were using for white power. But right. it's like before they went and Biden, Biden just said this, <clears throat> like Biden just said it, which we've been talking about this forever, but he just said, look, you can't be for police back the blue and then insurrection where you killed police officers and you can't, you you can't be on both sides of that. And then, and then splashing your white supremacy symbols, all of them were, all of them were holding their white supremacy gang signs, essentially, um, before killing police officers. Like, that's, and they were there to kill our Mike vice Pence. president. Yep. Assassinate <laughs> like, Mike Pence. Yep. Yeah. So how in, in Biden, you know, obviously said that this week, we, which we, we like, we've been saying it forever, but how can you say we back the blue? And, that, and that's part of Christian nationalism is we love, we love our police. We stand by them, and, uh, but you killed them. Like, right. and you're going to hang our vice president. Who's it's like, well, and now, I mean, like if like the, um, and now in, in the midst of all that, like, like, we back the blue and all that, right? But then at the same time, it's like defund the FBI because they're coming after our man. You know what I'm saying? Which yeah, is law enforcement. Like they're law enforcement. Like, and so it's very like to me that's a, yeah. To me that's really revelatory in the fact that like you don't actually believe the things that you're saying. It's just whatever's whatever's expedient enough. And so, why is it not Christian? Like, I think that the insurrection. And I have friends that like will scoff at it when I say the insurrection. They're just like, <laughs> it's not an insurrection. Like it was a riot at best. And I'm just like, they literally were calling for the execution of Mike Pence. They had they had freaking gallows out there, whether they were symbolic or not. There were gallows out there. They were storming the Capitol and hurting people with violence. Um, well, they were being. Than that. I mean, if you if you watch all the Trump or all the insurrection. <laughs> Uh, court court cases or yeah. what do they call it? January the 6th committee. Hearing. Yeah, if you looked at um, so the guys who were some of the leaders in these supremacy groups, these white supremacy groups, and these like the oath keepers and all that kind of stuff, they said, "Oh no, we all were told by Trump and the administration, and we got together and planned this thing out. Like right. they planned it out." Mm-hmm. Yep. This was premeditated. It's not a riot. A riot's like my team lost and we're all upset together. Right. And I'm just saying, like, I have I have friends that will just like mock it, like, oh yeah. And I'm just like, man, like you are missing the point here. Like, yeah, like the fact that you dismiss it is a problem, especially if you're a Christian. 
like I don't expect the average American, but like we're talking about Christians. We're talking about people who identify as Christians. They're not real Christians. They identify as Christians. That's the problem. And you're dismissing it. And if, and I've heard a number of people say this, like, but I can, I, I can understand why they were so upset. No, I can't. Yeah, right. Like I can understand why they did what they did. No, I can't. And if you like diminish yeah. it by saying that you understand why they used violence, then you're, then you're part of the problem. And, and it's been part of the problem for not calling this out. If they're not real Christians, then call it out, then call right. it out. If they're not real Christians, call it out, but you won't because then that somehow messes up what you believe about the conservative Republican party. And it's only because right. you demonize the other side. Like they're not just a political opponent. They're literally the enemy. And that's what makes it dangerous. Like you're taking scripture, quoting it in the Senate hall where you just forced senators to evacuate for their own safety. Um, defecating in the halls of our Capitol building while, while praying and singing hymns to Jesus. And, and that's not, and, but they're not real Christians, but you won't call it out because somehow it jeopardizes your potential grab for power. And here's, here's where it begins. So that, that's, that in and of itself makes it dangerous. Like that, like, and anti-Christian and anti-Christ. It is anti-Christ. It is not the same as what Jesus called us to. And there's no, I mean, like you get um, um, religious and political leaders that'll say things like, I can't remember who said it, um, but um, someone asked, I think it was, and I want to say it was a pastor, but it might've been a political leader. Um, but someone asked him like, didn't Jesus say turn the other cheek? And their response was, we only have two cheeks. Like, man, what happened to the 70 times seven? Like what happened to like, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And for the record, you're not being persecuted. You just think you are. But even if you think you are, what happened to praying for those that persecute you? Like what happened to that? When you get freaking um, Donald Trump Jr. Standing up at the turning point conference and telling a group of screaming maniacal Christian that and republicans that yeah this whole like you know oh what do he say i think he said this whole turn the other cheek thing how's that worked out for us how's that worked out for us it's lost yeah, us right. political power like are you are, like are you are you crazy are you crazy and yet you still continue to support the inciter of it. And you still continue to support this movement that is dangerous and hurting people and not Christian at all. Like, I don't care how many scripture verses you put on your truck next to the second amendment with the ball sack hanging down at the freaking pitch. Like right. you're not following Christ in that space. And you're making it clear that you're more concerned about your political standing and power and, and, and legislating your own religious ideology than you are about actually following Christ and living at peace as far as it concerns you with other people and garnering the goodwill of people. Those are all Bible scriptures caring for the poor and the oppressed, like, like loving your enemy and, and praying for those who persecute you and, um, being persecuted for his namesake because you do the things that Jesus did. Right. 
Those are all Bible verses. Those are all in the Bible. And the Bible says yeah. to do that, and you're not. And that's why it's dangerous, because it is not Christian. But somehow it has been adopted by a number of Christians that, you know, people are all up uh, up in arms right now because Biden called us extremists. And that's the meanest thing you can say. But we just yeah. endured the last six years of the leader of their party literally dehumanizing people and making fun of handicapped people and making fun of um, minority people and making fun of the left and calling all his opponents names. And like, yeah, seriously, six years we've endured that. And all of a sudden he says that MAGA Republicans are extremists and that hurt your feelings. And that's, he's dividing the country. Are you kidding yeah. me? You just spent the last six years calling liberals demonic. Yeah. Like, and they have, shirts, I don't believe you. All, all of them have shirts that says, I don't care about your feelings, you know? Right. Like that. <laughs> and now your feelings are hurt. Yeah. What right. if we don't care about your, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not even a liberal. Like I'm not a Biden supporter. I'm not a Democrat, but like your, the hypocrisy is deafening. And Oh, by the way, the fact that you have anything that says, um, let's go, Brandon discredits your ability to call anybody out for anything. Right. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, any attempt at let's go Biden or let's go Brandon or any of that stuff literally, literally undoes your ability to say anything in any space about anything. Right. Just does. Yeah. I don't believe you. And this is, um, this is the, um, so from the red letter Christians.org. Yeah. I just found this really, this really good article. And it says here, it says, Christian nationalism is not Christian. In fact, it's idolatry. Mm -hmm. It violates God's commands. It breaches freedom of religion and claims innocent lives. And it says, 18 months later, after the insurrection, despite what members of the Congress may claim, the Christian nationalism movement helped fuel the capital's insurrection and continues to, uh, continues to kill. The white supremacy who slaughtered 10 black people at the grocery store in Buffalo, New York, is merely the latest driven mass murder based on its belief of great replacement history, which has strong roots in Christian nationalism. Mm -hmm. So we kind of talked about that, where that even that guy in Buffalo, who he specifically, yep. specifically Googled, where is the most concentrated, african-american black community in his area and he lived in new york and it was buffalo went to buffalo streamed the killings online so like you know how that you do gaming streaming say that again you know or like someone's you know when like someone's gaming and they have a camera yeah. mm -hmm. and it shows them playing the video game this yeah. guy used that video game twitch i think it was and live streamed him killing these 10 black mm -hmm. people in the supermarket. And like, yep. literally like it's so like children were watching this happen because yep. children are on, on Twitch and they're yep. on and they're watching this. They're watching this guy live killing black people for the sake of they ain't going to replace us. So we're going to have to kill them. Right. You know? And, and it's just so, it's just sickening that people just shy away and they go, oh, well, you know, it's not that bad. You know, like, we don't, we don't do, well, no, you, you literally, like, that is what it is. You know, it's, it's, it's them or us, you know, kind of mentality. Right.
Um, yep. Let me see. This says um, Christian nationalism leads Christians in the wrong way, uh, in the wrong dis, uh, dis- direction, separating us from God's vision of a world where we're all treated with dignity. It's a heretical violation of the two greatest commandments in the Christian faith. You shall love your God with all your heart, soul, and with all your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Christian nationalism is a form of idolatry, placing one so-called ethnic group, race, and national ahead of God's love for all of us. Scripture and the real Christian's vision is bigger than the interests of our of class, religion, nationality, or ethnic group. Our liberating God calls us to build a society based on shared power around a moral vision of loving our neighbor and welcoming the stranger. Um, and everything that Christian nationalism is, is that's everything that they're, they're against. Everything they're against. Yep. So literally the opposite of what Jesus says. So but they would argue is, that in, in fighting for their country um, and maintaining Christian values that they are honoring Christ. Yeah, but I mean, even Jesus said, "I'm not." I mean, they literally like, "You're you're gonna come liberate us from the Romans, and you're gonna come with you know hellfire and brimstone to you know kill our enemies." And he's like, "Nope, I didn't come to do any of that." And and I would, you know, there's that passage of scripture where he says, "Like, look, the authority that you're seeking, it like, we're not going to do what the Gentiles do, and they lord authority over others, like." he tells James and John who are like vying for special seats next to him in heaven, that we're not going to do it that way among us. It's not going to be the, the same thing. Man, the Gentiles Lord authority over each other. You're literally doing the thing that he told John and John and James. Nope. We're not doing that. And you're looking yeah. for when, when, when I, I, um, I think I mentioned this last week, but maybe not. Um, I tweeted out something about how Sean, actually I put it on my Instagram stories about how Sean Foyt um, yeah. um, supported Sean Foyt's a worship leader out of Bethel. And he's got his own, like he's running for Senate or something like that now. Yeah. Um, I think I saw that. Jeez, Lord, please no. Um, <laughs> but um, he, um, he, he, Ron DeSantis had mentioned about putting on the full armor of God and he totally misused the quote or the passage of scripture for his own purposes and like totally took it out of context religiously. And, um, and Sean Foyt was just like, yeah, look at that nailing scripture or something like that, like something ridiculous. And I was just like, this is garbage theology. Like if you identify him as a leader, you need to call him out and be like, Sean, this is not okay. Like, I respect you. I follow you as a lead, like whatever, call him out. But if you follow him, you need to call him out um, because this is unacceptable. And yeah. I had someone who um, said like that calls himself my friend. Um, I would say like we're friendly with each other, but like I haven't spent any time in the last two years with him. Didn't even know I wasn't going to church anymore. <laughs> Um, at the same church oh, really? called, me, called me up to like have a discussion about it and i was just like like i'm i'm not doing anything wrong here like like and it's not about right or wrong but like i i simply like i don't follow sean Foyt, but we can't let our christian leaders 
do this anymore. Like we can't let them do this. We have to hold them to account and we have to, we have to call them out when they misrepresent scripture. And when they support people who are bullies, Ron DeSantis is a bully. There's a great video out there, Gavin Newsom. And I know you're oh, Gavin Newsom. He's a devil California governor. Like this is a people's Republic of California out there. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. If you right. freely moved from California, you're not a refugee. You're not a refugee. Right. You sold your million dollar home and then moved to Idaho. You're not a refugee. You freely right. moved and you could have stayed there because if you don't know, actually some of the largest concentrations of conservative populations and churches are in California. Right. Bethel in Redding, California is right. a hugely conservative hugely conservative. I know people that are from there that are like that church runs that town. You can't say anything against that church or else you don't get to participate in the functioning of that town almost. And so like, I don't like, you're not a refugee. Stop it. But Gavin Newsom has this great video out there where he just straight up is like, Ron DeSantis is a bully. He's a dehumanizing bully and it's not okay. And so if you have a church leader that you follow, that you respect, who like bolsters him and supports him and says that he's using scripture appropriately when he's clearly misusing it, call out that leader. If you respect that leader, call them out. But instead you call me for telling you to call them out. And then the, the excuse is, yeah, but what are we supposed to do? Not follow him, not follow him. You don't follow him. No, like, no, we don't believe in cancel culture, except that you do. You actually do. You do believe in cancel culture. And if you don't, I never want to see you boycott, call for a boycott of Disney ever again. I never want to hear you say those words. And so like, for me, it's just like, it's dangerous because you want to take your religious ideologies and implement them as legislation. And I had this conversation with, um, with a friend the other day at lunch where I was just like, look, on the front end, we want the same thing. We want to invite people into the kingdom. Like we want to invite people into following Jesus, the good King into the kingdom to the point where they, um, that they get to experience abundant life. The difference is I want my interaction with that, with, with people within the kingdom to directly impact those who are uh, immediate in our immediate vicinity and adjacent to us in a positive way. I want them to benefit from that. Um, like it's, it's called common grace. Like I want them to experience the common grace of, of God, um, through us. <laughs> and, and if we see an opportunity to engage in the political arena in a way that, um, affects justice for, uh, for, for our nation as a whole, I want to participate in that. If I see our country do something that reflects justice, like debt forgiveness or redistribution or whatever you want to call it, like if it reflects a a what I deem to be like what I see communally as a as a good thing, I want to celebrate that. What I don't want is to like, and I'm going to let my religious um, views influence that part of my participation in the democratic process. So like, I'm going to vote for things that, that I think reflect the kingdom and I'm going to celebrate things that I think reflect the kingdom. I'm, 
I'm not going to try to implement my, so like my goal is going to be, how do we affect justice on a large scale? Right. My goal is not going to be to implement um, religious ideology as legislation. So everybody has to live underneath my religious ideology, whether they want to or not. Right. And so because we live in a pluralistic society, abortions, one of those things, there's plenty of conservative nations out there who restrict abortion, but still permit abortion up to certain extents because they understand we live in a pluralistic society and some people are going to want to participate in that. And we can't go all the way to theocracy. Right. And so like I'm having lunch with my friend and I'm like the front end, we agree. We want to invite people in the kingdom. His thing, the way I understood it anyway, was if you get enough people saved, that spreads out and some of them end up in positions of influence. And then that changes things so that everybody benefits. And my thing with that is, but forced flourishing is not flourishing at all. Like if I think banning, totally banning abortion, removing people's choice, regardless of whether you think it's a life or a medical condition or a medical procedure or whatever, totally implementing a complete ban on abortion because of my religious ideology and my desire to make sure that we protect life and forcing people to adhere to that, that does not equal human flourishing because there are going to be, whether you like it or not, circumstances that it does, that it actually works against flourishing within communities. And so like, if you force people to live under something that you think will help them flourish and they don't want to, it's not flourishing. It's just not flourishing. And that's dangerous because every single government that, um, misused and abused Christianity, every single government that wanted to implement it as their framework for their government misused and abused it and hurt people. Every single one. There's not one out there where it hasn't happened. Yeah. So you know why? You know why? Because there's only one kingdom of God and it ain't an earthly one. Yeah. You cannot make America a reflection of the kingdom of God. You can't do it because it will fall and the kingdom of God will never fall. Right. And so I don't think that you believe like when you're, when you're working towards that, I don't think you understand that concept or that you believe that the kingdom of God is a real thing apart from what you make it. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's I question it anyway, whether you believe it. Well, and, and you know, I was just thinking that it's interesting how, like, the um, play of Hamilton, how the Bible is, like, almost never brought up in that. Yeah, weird. I mean, Lin-Manuel wrote it, but... Still, I think it's just interesting how, like, if it was such a prevalent thing that the country was founded on Christian principles through Alexander Hamilton and some of the leaders, that they would at least mention something about it, like, but... No, no. I mean, like, I, I could see why they didn't. I mean, like, there was a very specific message in that, too. And it's not 100% historically accurate. Like, there's some creative liberty taken with it. So, I mean, there is yeah. a church that did it, though, and they're getting sued. They're getting their pants sued off. Oh, really? Yep. They completely rewrote Hamilton and made it a oh. Christian-themed thing. Let me and guess. Ham- everybody, everybody was white. <laughs> No, no, but it was not. Um, they completely rewrote the thing to focus on like anti LBGTQ plus and like 
um, Hamilton getting saved or something like that. It's McLean Bible Church in um, San Antonio, Texas. I've actually been to it and I've been to a, um, um, they used to do this, they used to host this like for people looking for work. Like you could go there and like network with people and like take classes and like drop your resume. And like, if you didn't have suits, you could go like to the suit closet and like get a suit. So um, it's a big church. So, and they know better. For sure. They know better. They're a big church. I remember a lot of people posting. Yeah. Sorry, you hear me? No, I, I heard. I remember oh, yeah. posting something. Oh, I just remember everyone posting when Hamilton came out. I remember all these people posting, like, "Oh, don't watch Hamilton." They like totally destroyed our, you know, um, they totally destroyed our like American history because, you know. Uh, because there's black actors and yep. they rapped and rap is like, you know, that's not, you know, that's not acceptable when talking about history, you know, like, and it's just like so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. Get, yeah. So, but yeah, you know, I, at the bottom of it, here's the thing is at the bottom, the bottom of it is this, is that Christian nationalism, you, you have to understand for people who are like watching and, and like listening you have to understand that their agenda is not to lead you in the right and correct direction of what God has called us to do, but to gather enough support to pass their wicked agenda that they have in order to bolster themselves higher in mm-hmm. what they perceive as our kingdom of America. It has nothing to do with actually doing something for you and for your benefit and that sort of thing. It has to do with their benefit and how, what they want to push as far as social agendas, political agendas, and things like that. And mm-hmm. when you get wrapped up into a group of like national, you know, um, Christian nationalism, like anything that is trendy or anything that seems like, like, oh yeah, these people are successful, so obviously what they're doing is perfect. Like, I just think that you have to just be so. Um, careful with that kind of stuff because it is idolatry it's you know when you still say after how many years has it been two years almost three years that trump is the rightful president and he his own election was stolen like i sent you the tweet where the, the literally trump is still claiming that he's the true president and that sort of right. thing you have to understand that there's delusion in that complete delusion mm-hmm. and here's the thing is maybe it was or maybe it wasn't like i i don't know because we don't we don't we're not in the highest forms of maybe uh, what was or maybe what wasn't as far as like whatever the conspiracy theories are you know uh like uh, maybe it was stolen maybe it wasn't no absolutely not it was not stolen because there have been something like 25 or 50 like a dumb number of court cases that have proven over and over and over that it was not stolen and so to even say for me to even say maybe it was maybe it wasn't is ludicrous like you're 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 facilitating a lie and you're operating based solely on that lie um and that's dangerous that's dangerous Even you know his own saying? aides, even his own aides, I remember um, his own aides testifying and being like, hey, we're just going to say it was stolen. And if we do that, then, you know, we could, you know, and uh, just the fact that they were like, oh, yeah, he he just kind of came up with this idea out of the out of a whim, you know, so. Right. But it's like, 
the thing is like i just i don't know for me it's um i cannot tie christianity in a in a a, a country together as being the true kingdom of god because we know it's not like we know that the kingdom of god like you said is not i mean that's what you said the pilot right that's what mm-hmm. jesus said the pilot my, my kingdom is not in this world like right and, and like if we if we understand that then we know that we, this can't be god's right. country this cannot be god's kingdom god's it just can't be because right. he already has that outside of this world the best that we can hope for on this side of eternity it as we pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven the best that we can hope for is that we as a community of christians um reflect that kingdom directly to other people around us and try to undo oppression and hurt and brokenness and and be ambassadors calling people to reconciliation with god like that's the best that we can do and then and then pray continue to pray your kingdom come like we get to be the reality of the kingdom citizens on earth living inside of that right now and not yet like right now we get to experience the kingdom but not yet fully um what what we're not called to do is trans is to transmute the government of america into a reflection of the kingdom of god we can celebrate instances where we see the kingdom principles reflected like when we see justice happening we can celebrate that when we see injustice happening we can um, work to undo that. But at the end of the day, we got to accept the fact that sometimes it's not going to be effective. I mean, Shane Claiborne, like I was listening to Voxology podcast and they point out the fact that they're talking about faith versus effective. And like Shane Claiborne is like one of the most faithful people when it comes to like fighting for um, against the death penalty and like the plowshares, like weapons and the plowshares and like the death penalty thing. He knows I'm going to fight to have the death penalty overturned for this guy. I'm going to do petitions. I'm going to befriend the person. I'm going to befriend their family. I'm going to have people standing out here pleading with the warden with signs um, outside the governor's mansion. I'm going to talk like as much as possible and contact the governor at the end of the day, a lot of them still get executed. Yeah. And, and a lot of people would say that like his tactics are ineffective, but his tactics are faithful for what it looks like to be Jesus. And because yeah, at the end of the day, it. all 12 apostles minus John were executed. So were they effective yeah. or were they faithful? I was saying you're, you're not gonna like you're not gonna like to hear this, but even Kim Kardashian works on social justice and help people escape the death penalty as much as she has was able to, and like still works on that side of it as right. far as like and to me that's more christ-like than a lot of things that i see and it's interesting because like you know something like that we'll, we'll we'll say oh kardashians you know we make jokes like that all the time in church but it's like like legitimately had got a law degree or certificate and then now is like working alongside the highest people in government to undo people who are in jail for carrying marijuana and they got a 20 year sentence right. you know and things like that and it's That's like justice stuff yeah and i'm like and it's like man i don't know it's just it's just really um yeah it, it's just really interesting to me and so like yeah um 
so I guess like for me, I guess my costume would be when you start hearing things like this is God's country, this is a Christian born nation, we only only Christians can vote conservative, only Trump can be the true president. You know, you, like these kind of things, I just think that you have to understand that that's all wrapped up, up not only in idolatry, racism, like misogyny, all xenophobia. Mm-hmm. of xenophobia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I, uh, this is off topic, but I saw a, uh, a recent, this is like back in the 90s, maybe it was, Sean Connery had done like a Barbara Walters like interview kind of thing. And again, I think this is like the 90s, maybe it's the 80s, but he like was advocating, he's like, sometimes the only way to stop a fight is you just gotta smack your wife, you know? And this is Sean Connery, like, actor, Nope. you know? And then she's like, she's like, you advocate for hitting your wife? Well, sometimes there's nothing else you can do, you know? And I'm like, woo, Nope. like, Nope. dang. You only got two cheeks. So with that said, we're going to wrap up, but um, we're going to move into um, the next few episodes, two or three. We're going to um, talk about something called the American readout. And just, I'm Yes. going to read this off Wikipedia, but the American readout is a political migration movement first proposed in 2011 by survivalist novelist and blogger, James Wesley Rawls, which designates Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, along with parts of um, Eastern Oregon and Washington as a safe haven for conservative Christians. Rawls chose this area due to its low population density and lack of natural hazards. It's difficult to measure how many people have been influenced by the proposal to move to these states. USA Today estimates that anywhere from hundreds to a few thousand people have come, um, although some may have moved for reasons of general cultural affinity rather than being um, directly influenced by Rawls' proposal. Um, so we're going to talk about, because we live in the hotbed, the hotbed of that space, Um, and I think that I've heard people refer to themselves as uh, religious refugees out of California. Um, and so um, I've experienced it firsthand. And, um, I, you know, unironically, it was in a church setting where I heard someone say that, multiple people say that. Um, and so I think that it's probably, it is hard to measure, but I think that it's probably more than US, USA Times Was what I say USA Today? USA Today thinks that it is. Um, and maybe they're not influenced directly by Rawls himself. Um, but there is this idea that they are religious refugees from, they called it the People's Republic of California, and which I think is just ridiculous. Um, but lots of other places too. I was just, when I was in Wenatchee, I met a woman on the playground with my daughter who was just like, oh, you're from Idaho? We want to move there because, oh, this... state is so oppressive and she just i think because we're from idaho she just thought that we were on the same page and so she felt really comfortable maybe it's my hand of god my anointing but she just felt really comfortable Yeah. telling me that um how oppressive the state of washington is and how they need to get out there and per so that they can protect their family values and their religious values and their um you know good old-fashioned american values and i was just like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. come on sweetheart <laughs> like Um
I went one couple in here said we moved from California because California was trying to take away our rights. And I was yep. like, what do you mean? They're, they were forcing us to wear masks. So we moved to Idaho. Right. Yeah. Yep. So we're going to talk about American readout. We're going to talk about um, how it is not a good thing and how it is uh, antithetical to like trying to establish a kingdom, a Christian, what do they call it? A Christian safe haven. Um is um not what jesus wanted from us and um, maybe if i can i'm going to try and get one of my friends on here to talk about it from a political standpoint and you know, what Mike, means. The, the question i would love to ask, to ask at some point that we can answer is when that happens if it happens when it happens and you're given a choice join our new country of the great american readout or you're now a prisoner of, of war or you're now a, you know, we're going to put you into a internment camp or whatever. What do you do? You know what I'm saying? Do you, do you just go, nope, no, I'm part of it. Yeah. MAGA. Woo. Let's go. Trump. You no, know, absolutely and, not. you know, or there's you too just, much evidence on the internet that I am not that guy. Right. Yeah. Or, or is it like, nope, I don't believe what you're telling me in, at the risk of you losing your life or your family or we live close enough to Nevada that we would be gone as quick as possible. Where would you go in Nevada? It wouldn't be in the American readout. So we live close enough to the border, the state line that we would just leave. Yeah. But where would you go? Anywhere, but here, what are you talking about? Like, it's not, you would just, you would just buy a house in Nevada. No. I mean, like I would just leave. Idaho, uh, and it wouldn't matter. Like we have family in South Dakota, we have family in, you know, friends in yeah. DC. We have a niece in Arizona. Like, um, yeah. So my bank's in not here. Yeah. So you know what? We we'll show them. I was like, we'll show them. We'll go move to California and reclaim it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, that's bad. Yeah. No. I, I I live by the beach. I'm okay with that. <laughs> so, all right we're going to talk about that though cool all right that sounds good all right well um thank you so much for tuning in um you know we really appreciate it i i see that we're climbing closer to closer to the 3500 uh episode downloads um i think we're just over 3400 so thank you so much for everyone that's uh listening and um yeah i'm uh, we're excited for this new season and um again make sure you try to connect with us if you have some questions that you want to answer or topics you want to talk about or um you know comments or whatever please drop those we can you know uh, shout those out and that sort of thing otherwise keep on following god's word each every day and we will see you next time on the podcast and that's it we'll see you later peace All right. peace out Thank you for listening to Fully and Share Theology. You can follow Bruce on multiple social media platforms at bpags2, as well as Justin Mercier on Instagram at justinmercier13. Additionally, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Fully and Share Theology. Until then, keep unfolding God's word each and every day.